0: You're listening to hashtag no filter with Zach. Peter, that's me. Your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self improvement addict, and a host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. And if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, you can always give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram or join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. Right now, I hope you are listening to this or watching watching this on the YouTube, hit that subscribe button. I hope you're watching this with a fizzy Can of my new no filter wine. It's crisp. It's lightly fizzy. It packs a punch with 13% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. It is my housewives watching wine. It just relaunched last week. And I'm so excited that I finally got to bust out this baby because the labor pains were a bitch. Um, But I'm so excited. I've seen everybody order it and seen all of the photos start to come in. Please keep tagging me in them because I'm so excited and I'm excited that we're going to get to drink these on our upcoming tour next month with me and Adam from Up and Adam. So if you haven't done so yet and you want to stock up on the new Housewives wine, definitely go to nofilterwine.com tonight or sorry, today I've got out your husbands in the pool because I feel like we're going to talk a lot about Jersey and today's guest is also going to be on our on the tour at our New York City show on April 28th. So it was only fitting that I brought out the East Coast wine. And that's my Margaret Joseph's inspired. Your husband's in the pool. Get it now at nofilterwine.com and get your tickets to the tour at spillingteelive.com. All right, that's enough plugging my own shit. Please welcome, he is a pop culture guru. He is a journalist. You may have even seen him naked on television. Please welcome DJ Richie Sky.
1: You know what? That intro is amazing, okay? It's <laughs> Amazing. The music gave me gaga. It's there's wine. I love it all and I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited to have you. How's life? Yeah, life is lifeing me right now. <laughs> <laughs> As life does. But you know I feel like I'm 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 swimming in a sea of blessings and so yes. I cannot complain at all.
0: That's one thing. I literally Went out to uh went out uh, for lunch with my friend recently, and she's going through a shit storm, and she's going and she's venting about all these things that are going on, and I let her have her moment, and I was like, okay, now stop. I go because I have a shit ton of shit that I want to come and and complain about too. I was like, but what we're gonna do right now is think of three things that are really good that happened this week that we're grateful for, that we're excited about, or that you know, even if the smallest thing is, you know what, this morning I didn't get my full sixty minutes in, but I got thirty minutes in, or, you know what? You know, even though this stressful thing happened, a solution provided immediately after. Even if it wasn't my favorite solution, it's still a solution, and it keeps the train moving. So, mm-hmm. if, if anybody's listening, pause and think of three things that you're grateful for, or you're excited about, or that are good
1: that have happened over the weekend. And can I add to that? Yes. To write it down. Yes. Yes. Write it down. That was my biggest takeaway from living in Los Angeles and it's a struggle city out there Mm -hmm. if you you got to put in the time in los angeles you just got to put in put in the time but also you have to remember the things that you're grateful for and that was my key was writing everything that i was grateful down even in the worst of times so Mm -hmm. that's my soapbox moment for the day love
0: that (laughs) well speaking of soapboxes we we have some housewives in new york that might be sitting on a few of them um (gasps) What is your reaction to this big news that came out last week about the Real Housewives of New York getting two new
1: shows? I, for one, am excited. Okay. So let me tell you this. Um, My favorite two seasons of Housewives of New York are seasons three Mm -hmm. and season seven. 10. Season seven was where there were eight wives. Mm-hmm. Bethany had just come back. We had just gotten Dorinda. Mm-hmm. To me, this was like, and I will go back and watch the this season multiple times a year because that's how much I loved it. It was chaotic, not in a Salt Lake chaotic way, but in a old school housewives type of way. And to me, I kind of yearn for the days of, the classic housewives. So with that announcement, I'm like, okay, I I'm kind of digging this because I know that we're in a different time and I, I totally understand, you know, where and respect where we are. And so I see the need to kind of reboot. Although in my mind I thought that there was a simpler solution.
0: What's the simple solution?
1: The simple solution was simply to First of all, I think housewives do their best when they are in the age range of 40 to 50. Personally, Mm -hmm. I think that they've lived life. They've they've really formed and developed into who they are and they don't feel so summer house. Mm. And, you know, to me, and I hate to say this, you know, I I wish her the best. Leah was a huge miscast on the show because to me. Mm. She's more summer, winter house than Real Housewives of New York City. You know what I mean? Like Teddy in Beverly Hills, too young. Uh, Thank you. You hit the nail on the head. So I think when you see the show start to skew to this uh, younger, either younger demographic or younger housewives, I feel like when you start mixing these two age brackets, it can go one of two ways. It can go extremely funny, like how, we saw the dynamics between maybe a Vicky and a Gretchen back in OC. Or it can go the way that it went in New York these past couple of seasons, to me, which just wasn't good. So the long the long end of it is I'm happy for the reboot for the uh, the new wives to see who they bring in. You know, I think that'll be a very interesting and different show. But I'm also interested in the classics and who's going to come back. Out, I mean, because, you know, Jill's coming back. I think the franchise is ruined after this.
0: <gasps> yeah, because here's the Talk thing. Talk about it. Here's the thing. We are trying to use the same model in a new time, and that's why Housewives has slowly been falling downhill with just the mm-hmm. fran- with just the the series franchise overall. Because I feel like when the model was created 16 years ago it was a different time and our interests were different and culturally, you know, the climate of the world was different that we're just not as interested in what the show is is as much as we used to be and that's not a bad thing that just means we need to create whatever the next version of housewives is going to be so i think when it comes to rebooting new york you're really just putting all of the same you're the same dynamic or the same formula with an entirely new group of women and i think it's the formula that's outdated not the women Mm. that are outdated because if you think like at some point when a freezer gets invented you have to stop you know you stop making, or what's, how's that analogy? The igloo and the freezer. I don't know. Eventually when the freezer comes along, like you get rid of the igloo. I don't know. It's some shit like that. Or I, I can't think of a better analogy, but like, The formula, I think, is just, it's retired, and we need to, Bravo needs to create a new series of programming that's going to be more interesting and compelling to the next generation of viewers. Because then if you Mm -hmm. think about it, all of us at some point are going to get old as well, and like we're not going to be in the demo that they're going to want to be advertising to. And I don't know if Bravo's necessarily doing enough to bring in a new audience other than the current audience, which is us, that I think is really just watching more out of loyalty rather than watching because we're genuinely enjoying
1: all of these shows. Mm. That is such an interesting take on it. And I think what you're saying speaks to what we're seeing in the ratings and just maybe reality TV overall in terms of cable is that, the ratings are down compared to what they used to be, you know, back in the day, it was a, you know, a Jersey or an Atlanta was in the what the three to 4 million. Yeah. And now they're barely
0: breaking 1 million.
1: Yeah. So I think that, and I do remember Andy talking about, you know, at, he said it a couple of years ago when housewives was entering its sort of like last phases that that's when he would start doing all stars and, It almost feels like are we in that time right now? We're in that time right now. It's time. That's scary. I mean, it's scary in one sense, but and and not to divert, but it's exciting to see what Netflix is doing. Yes, with their unscripted program. Yes. Because, because
0: it's very different and it's very new and it's very fresh. And it's something that like excites us again, you know, create a uh, uh, bling empire. I love, like mm-hmm. it was so new and it didn't make diversity a token. You know what I mean? Whereas I feel like Bravo's mm-hmm. trying really hard to force that. And it's like, you know, I feel like other networks, I think HBO max is doing a really good job. Hulu's really trying, you know, I think they're really changing what reality television is. And I feel like networks like Bravo and E and MTV and VH1, like they either need to catch up because they're falling behind.
1: Mm. But do you think that this, what they're doing with Peacock is the answer? I think... I was impressed at the
0: beginning and now that all they're doing is recycling their old Peacock shows on Bravo, I'm getting a little skeptical and I'm kind of like, I don't know if we really know what we're doing and we're just kind of trying the best that we can. Cause I think you have to eventually get the audience from Bravo to start watching Peacock cause that's going to end up being the future of television. Um, but if all you're doing, because I've seen so many people be like, well, I'm not going to subscribe to Peacock and pay for Peacock if it's just going to come out on Bravo later. Too many people are are interested in what they already know. And the thing is, we have to transition them over to something new. And schlepping it on Bravo isn't getting those people to convert over, especially because now I'm starting to be like, well, why do I need to? Why am I paying for Peacock if I can really? I mean, first of all, it's my job. I have to watch them as they're coming out. But if I (laughs) didn't, if I were in just the consumer position, then it's like, yeah, no.
1: Yeah. And and when you because for us, it's our job, right? So, hey, tax write off. But for the ad, like for the viewer who we're, who we're speaking to, Who's it is kind cable. of like, well, yeah. yeah, why am I paying for this when I can just wait a couple of months and they're going to play it on Bravo? In my opinion, the better marketing strategy would have been to maybe give us clips yeah. within Housewives episodes of something that's happening on Peacock to then transition people to Peacock. Because clearly that's going to be the wave at some point. I didn't even think it was bad when they would air the first episode on
0: Bravo, because then if you're airing the first episode on Bravo, then people are like, now I need to go sign up for Peacock to watch the whole show because now you got me hooked.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I I do some uh, work with own at times and their interesting strategy is they will place the first episode of a, a, a new season or a new show on YouTube first. Mm. so that that way people can because they don't yet have their own they have their app and stuff like that but it really is a way to get people on board and to start watching the show yeah so I, I totally agree with you on that I also
0: think that this splitting the two New York shows up like this is a lazy way for Bravo to skip out on accountability and put the choice on the viewers in terms of like what's going to help the network. Because if you think about it, the two biggest issues they had with casting with this most recent season of New York was Ramona and Ebony. And a lot of people wanted to fire Ramona and a lot of people wanted to fire Ebony and Bravo didn't have to make a choice because now we've ended the show so now they're essentially both out of job and I highly doubt either one of them is going to come back in either of the shows and Bravo didn't have to be the one to make that decision. And two... They're, I think, doing market research with or they're playing with us being like, let's see which show, what are people most interested in? What's going to drive ratings? A group of entirely new women and a whole new cast or the originals from Real Housewives of New York on another type of show. And let's see what's going to gauge the most interest so that we can invest more of our money down the line with that series versus something new.
1: But you know what? It's either lazy or smart, right? Right. Because here's the thing, I, I think about it like this: like kind. think about it budget wise, right? Yeah, yeah. You're paying a Ramona, a Luann, yeah. a Sonia, however many you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Let's just say we've seen Ramona's bank account, so we know it's something good, yeah. you know. Um, and then you can pay a brand new group of housewives what three thousand per episode for. Quite some time, based on what we've heard about the Salt Lake City housewives contracts, allegedly, you yeah, know. Yeah. So there, you have a cheaper alternative, and I hate to say it that way, but yeah. in terms of paying for cast, you have a cheaper alternative, and you have another cheaper alternative because now you will only have to give these legacy ladies throw them uh, a seventy thousand, a hundred thousand, maybe film them for two weeks. And they're done. Yeah. See, I like that thinking, but you're thinking from a
0: producer-executive standpoint. (laughs) Yes, you are. And I know because I have to switch between those two brains as well. It's so hard, right? put myself into the brain of the consumer, and I'm like, as a consumer, it pisses me off because it makes me think that you're using me to make this decision for you. And I don't really want that. I just want you to package me good quality content right. without me having to help you decide like go do a focus group somewhere else like I don't want to be your focus group and have to sift through content that may or may not be good to help you decide what's actually going to be good but from the producer standpoint from an executive network standpoint yes that does from it it helps the bottom line but I don't think the consumer's job is to help the bottom line I think the neck the executives need to put their salaries to work and make some quality decisions
1: Let me ask you a question then. What do do you think that there was a viable solution for New York outside of what they've presented?
0: Scrap it. I think New York, I think what we should have done was scrapped it the same way we scrapped uh, Miami and brought it back in five years when we all give a shit about them. I think that's what we should have done. Waited to watch the climate. See what new content we can introduce to the audience that's not Real Housewives, that's going to be interesting for them. Sit on it. Put it on ice for a few years. Give us a minute to really miss them, to really want them. And then when they're ready, I mean, because they're going to be hungry for it the same way the Miami ladies were hungry for it. So when they came back, they came back and they brought it. So I think the solution would have been just ice it.
1: In that case, I think that I agree with you on that. And think when I think about the grand scheme of Housewives shows, I think that OC needs to be scrapped for a while as yep. well, put on hiatus, a nice little pause. And as much as I love Atlanta, I want to see yeah. what it brings this season. But if it is... If it doesn't bring what it needs to bring, let's give it a break for a little bit.
0: There are enough Housewives shows on the air currently that I think we highlight the ones that are really leading. Like Beverly Hills last season had us hooked and compelled. That was a forefront. But nobody. So when you're comparing that to New York, that's also on the air. Like it just it's not hitting that. It's like lead with the ones that have stories right now. Let them be at the forefront. Ice the other ones. I mean, it seems like they're starting to do that because like Potomac just started filming right now, which is almost a year after, you know, the reunion that we had last August. So I think that's, you know, a positive step. But I think we can space them out a little bit more. We need to space Mm. them out a little bit more. And then we need the air time and the wrap time to be a little tighter because we're watching everything play out on social media. And then you and I break down all the tea as they're filming it. So I think, you know, get these episodes out. Like when the Bolo Strippergate thing happened, we were all reading oh about it and we wanted it, but then we had to wait so long for it to come out that I think, you know, if we bust them out a little bit quicker, I think that would be a little more exciting. And I think we just need to start mixing in some new content, especially now that Vanderpump rules is kind of going. People are losing interest in Vanderpump. You know, we stuffed summer house, which I think is great. I love summer house. Um, I don't know what's gonna happen with Southern Charm. We have Shaz, we have um, Family Karma. So there are other shows that I think we can really develop a little bit further. Um, mm-hmm. Cause it seemed like people were really interested in Family Karma. That seemed to like really kind of pique people's interests.
1: You know what I hear a lot of people talking about is the Family Karma show and Southern Charm New Orleans. Yeah. I hear a lot of people asking questions about, you know, either when it's coming back or, you know, what it's doing. And I think what we're seeing, and maybe the network is just not understanding it quite just yet, is we want to see the culture of, of just, we want to see different cultures. Yeah. We want to see also aspirational television. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, I think that's where we have sort of lost a little bit of luster with Housewives because it has become more drama focused yeah. and less fabulosity focused, which I think is another reason why we still love Beverly Hills to a certain degree because yeah. they still give us that, that, that like they never lost that focus. There could be nothing happening in the season, but everyone was dressed fabulously. Yeah. They went on fabulous trips. You know what I mean? Nothing happened really that I can recall. However, it was just the glitz and the glamour of it that I feel like I need more of that in my housewives.
0: I think it also just needs to be very true to the city. Like, I think Jersey does that really well, but Jersey isn't glam. Jersey is family. So I think that's why Jersey has Absolutely. always been strong in the pillar of family. New York, and this is where they really missed the mark, was New York is ambitious. New York has some serious boss women that are leading the charge of their companies and build, like, I would love to see, I want to see the drama between them with, like, fighting over investors. Well, I don't know, maybe that I'm just spitting this out but like I want to see like that cutthroat sort of drama between the women or you Mm -hmm. know if we're going to bring drama like I just feel like it eventually grew stale because we it grew predictable and then it was really just about them getting belligerently drunk and fighting you know versus there being something that was pillared in what New York actually is and I think in New York there's a grit and there's a hustle you know and it's not just like I think that's what made Bethany so great is she was young and ambitious and she had that spirit of New York and I'm going to build my business and then we watched her do that and then we watched her conquer that when I was watching the big shot with Bethany on HBO I wasn't really interested in all these little people that wanted to come and work for her fake job but like I was more interested in seeing her chatting with her team as a personality you know I thought that was great I don't
1: know why she runs from that she's leaning into it now What? which part the she's the interest yes it is her it is her business it is her fast talking her wheeling and yes. dealing her high emotions that's that's the show yeah that is the show That's the show.
0: Yes, I agree. If it would have been a reality show solely focused on her running her business, I think we would have watched it and even mix in how she's balancing work and relationships with Paul and maybe not make him a center focus and not make her relationship the center focus. But I think people are just interested in the business of Bethany and not necessarily Bethany's business. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, The stylist. Oh, my God. What was her name? What was her name? Um, Rachel Zoe. Mm. Give me that type of show with Bethany. You know what I'm saying? Like that to me is that that's what I want. Or, and when it comes to New York,
0: I think multiple Rachel Zoe's give me like the women in the fashion world. Like that's the type of woman I want to see on New York, you know, yep. which mm-hmm. I think and- Leah was good, but she just didn't fit in with the other women. There was too much of that age gap. Like she had a business and she was very, but she was a very different part of New York. You know,
1: very. she very was different.
0: not Upper East Side. She was not, you know, the Ramona's and the Sonia's. She was not the Morgan
1: family. That, and, and see, that's what made me think, oh, t- put her in Summer House, because yeah. she was a bit more, I don't know, I felt like she was a bit more angsty, yeah. you know, uh, I can't really, you know, just, she just had a younger bod that I felt like didn't necessarily fit. Yeah. And I also blame a little, a little bit of this on, and I don't know if it's, it's the editing for New York, the editing for New York, because I, it used to be very Great. fast. yeah Very fast. And I don't know what happened. Something. Maybe it was the pandemic. I really don't know, but it was fast paced. And I also felt like they did their best. And again, I referenced season seven when they had seven to eight wives. Yeah.
0: That's why I'm it excited. I'm excited for Beverly Hills because Beverly Hills oh has eight full times with oh my the God. side times. like, And from what I've heard about Beverly Hills, it's really good and it's going to be fast paced and it's, gonna be very different from what we've got before and i think this is gonna be a great season of beverly hills i really do i'm
1: excited i'm excited i cannot wait
0: so there are rumors that luann um, and... there are rumors that luann's not coming back and then my prediction is that we definitely will not have ramona back on this real housewives of new york legacy show that we're building on peacock so there is there was a report that came out over the weekend in Raider Online that basically was speculating that Luann might not come back because she recently signed a deal with E and because like you mentioned earlier there's been a massive pay cut for the women where they're looking to only offer these legacy housewives about 100 grand versus their 8 to 900,000 salary that they were getting prior.
1: Mhm. What do you think? Well, first of all, what is Luann doing with E?
0: I have no idea. I don't even know if that's been fully because we know Luann also was doing, um, you know, Chicago. She was replacing Erica Jane on Chicago, and then that wasn't actually happening. So Luann likes to talk about things before their action, before the contract, the dotted line is signed. Um, but I don't think the conflict with E would be what prevents her from joining the show because we know LVP had Lisa had. Um, her show on Peacock, she had her Vanderpump Rules on uh, Bravo, and then she had Overserved on E!, and because they're all owned by NBC, I don't think that's the actual conflict. But I do think I wouldn't even be surprised if Luann's team or her rep leaked this story um, in an attempt to try and get her more money because they're making it look like she's in demand and she doesn't need this legacy show when you know she wants any piece of fame that she can clamor onto.
1: Well, if I recall that it was season six where I, pu- I believe she pulled a similar stunt and they mm-hmm. went on filming without her. And so they demoted her, yeah. I don't necessarily think that's the best ploy for Luann at this point in time. But personally, and this is just me and how I think, okay? And just my own business mind. I'm doing the show. If, I if you're, if you're going to give me $100,000 to play around with you guys around the city for about two weeks... Okay, that's worth my time, because now I can focus on other things in which a lot of these ladies should have been preparing for that anyway. Yeah. You can't be on these shows for this this amount of years and not have other business things going. We talk about Ramona a lot and Ramona, I think, is, you know, can be problematic But I think that there is one thing about Ramona that I think is you can't escape is that ultimately she's still a businesswoman. Yeah. And from my understanding about it, you know, she started the real estate school. She's doing that. You know, she's she's got multiple irons in the fire and she's always traveling. The woman has her stuff together. So it's nice to be in a place where you don't have where you can say no if you want to. But I would definitely extra take that extra $100,000, play around with the girls, and then leave. Yeah. Do you think that there's
0: even a legacy show without Ramona and Luann? If you have Dorinda and Jill. I don't know if Dorinda and Jill, I would like to see. I think if I could pick my ideal legacy cast, it's Ramona, Luann, Sonia, Jill, Dorinda maybe one more random, give me a Kelly Benson bone cameo, but I, I don't care about her life. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I just don't. <laughs> but I um... want to see the legacy women. I want to see the season one OGs. Bethany would never do it, but I want to see the season one OGs interact together. But I don't think Ramona will do it because like you said, she's been building this business outside of the show. I think she saw this coming when Dorinda got fired. And when Bethany left, I think she was like, okay, this is at some point going to have a shelf life. And I can't do it. like Luann can't sell cabaret without New York. She just can't do like, she didn't build a a, a profitable enough business in order to make it happen. You know what I mean? Um, nor did Dor- Dorinda never expected to get fired. Sonia's now doing only fans. It's just, it's a hot mess express.
1: I definitely think that if invited, Sonya's definitely oh, going to come. 1,000%. Um, there was a poll out there, actually, and I, I would be 100% for this. I know it's never going to happen, but I think Carol had posted a poll where people were saying that she was one of the top people that they wanted to come back to the show and I'm going to be very honest with you. When Carol was on the show, she was one of my favorites. Mm. I love a person who can narrate. Yes. And I feel like every show needs a narrator. Yes. And she was really, honestly, one of the best until season 10, where they tried to make her something other than the narrator. Right. She was a
0: great narrator. Bethany was a great commentator and just great in terms of pushing storyline forward. I think yeah. Dorinda was great at that until she kind of fell off herself. Um, mm-hmm. Because you think about it, like, Sonia, Luann, and Ramona are great characters, but they they need an anchor to kind of keep them they all do. going and to keep them all in a place that works within the overarching theme of the season, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see. I don't know what's going to happen with New York, um, but it'll be interesting to see who they end up bringing back, how these women are going to play their cards. Because again, I think if you give them a few years off, then they will be clamoring at that thousand that $100,000 paycheck. They'll be willing to give everything very similar mm-hmm. to Miami. I think we needed to ice ice New York for sure.
1: Or Or just honestly, like you said, ice New York. Create the Real Housewives of New York City legacy show in like a year or two, yeah. right? On Peacock solely, yeah. And then we already have Dubai coming in, yeah. You know, so cycle us in with a different lifestyle, a different whole, a whole new set of of ladies yep. that live fabulously. That may be something that we want to see. Keep that on Bravo, and yeah. then you know, for those. Ultimate Girls Trips, that's where you bring back the legacy yep. ladies that we still love. Yep.
0: I like that. I like that. Are you listening to Make It Nice by Dorinda?
1: On series, I am not, I but but the only reason I'm not is because it's on serious, right? Yeah. Radio Andy. I, I haven't renewed my subscription for my Jeep yet. Oh, my God. Well, are you interested
0: in listening to Make It Nice by Dorinda Manley?
1: You know what? I am. I I... I'm a Dorinda fan, like, through and through. I remember when she first started on the show, she had probably, in my opinion, the most seamless introduction um, as a new cast member because she was already really integrated into the group. Yeah. Similar to a Dolores, you know what yeah. I mean? So I just felt like, you know, when Dorinda was uh, not aggravated, <laughs> I felt like she was she was on it. And so, following her on social media, reading her book, you know, um, just learning more about her, I'm I'm equally as fascinated by Dorinda as I am with Bethany, but in a very different way. Are you going to read Bethany's book or Leah's book? Chaos Theory
0: or Business is Personal.
1: I will definitely be reading anything that uh, uh, Dustin, not (laughs) Destiny, Bethany puts (laughs) out out because. I, I just feel like I, I if she's talking business, I'm here for it. Yeah. Leah's book. Um, I may read. I may give it a read because I don't want to. No, I'm probably not. I'm not interested in her story. I, I would buy from her brand. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, I don't think we got enough
0: story or enough from her to be as emotionally invested to do. An actual book, or to want to buy an actual book, you know. I I
1: was not invested at all in her. Yeah. On the show, not this show.
0: Uh uh-uh. uh And I think you're right. I would rather buy something from Mary to the Mob rather than I would rather read the book. Um. And I hear that her PR team is also trying to pivot her away from anything Real Housewives. So like they're trying to build her brand as this like New York hustler businesswoman rather than. The real housewife of New York, Leah McSweeney.
1: Now, that to me would excite me more if her book was about her venturing into the world of fashion, stories with Lil' Kim, because we know that, you know, mm. they have a relationship. Those are the things that I feel like would be more interesting to me about Leah. Maybe a podcast as she chronicles her, you know, foray into the fashion industry. That to me, I feel like is more of a space for her at this point, but that's just my marketing brain and how I think about maybe how she could pivot from this. Yeah.
0: What about Jersey? Have you been invested in this recent season?
1: I am obsessed with Jersey. Isn't it good? You know what I like about it? I like that Jersey always has a short season. And I know some people don't like that. But you know why I like it? Because it keeps it concise. It's succinct. There's not a lot of filler episodes. And as much, I have to say this because I hate when people say this about my Melissa, that she has no storyline. I hate the term storyline. And let me tell you why. Because sometimes I feel like there's, and again, this is probably me thinking more along the lines of a producer than a an, uh, the consumer or the person who's just watching casually at home. But I think that there's a difference between story and storyline. You know, a storyline to me seems like a pre planned outline for what you're going to do or talk about on the show. But a personal story to me is what we see with her and Teresa and Joe. Yep. Like this is a family, like you said. And that's why Jersey works. And that's why Melissa works in that trifecta because there it's so so complicated and it will always be complicated. And I don't even know why it's going to be complicated at points, but it is. And there's history there. I think what it is, is as viewers, we've become too
0: savvy for our own good. And we're Mm -hmm. like trying to be producers. Like it's very different when you work in production or you have that, you know, profession, but like, as just an average consumer, and I always have to remind people about this, I'm like, just enjoy the show. Just watch the show and enjoy it for what it is or don't enjoy it for what it is. Don't Don't an- don't overanalyze it. Don't dissect it. Don't try to figure out what each individual woman's storyline is or have commentary on that. Enjoy the show that's being packaged to you and-, and judge it based off of its entertainment value or, you know, not entertaining to you, you know? But, like, I think it's the same thing with, like, the news and stuff like I feel like I get so irritated because I see people on Twitter and they tweet these th- and they're like my source tells me this and their source is like some random person <laughs> in their DM that like was at a restaurant that saw one of the housewives order a coffee and they you know and they create this whole narrative and story and then they give it to somebody on Twitter and then someone on Twitter runs with it and then it starts trending and then my DMs are blowing up with like did you see this rumor and I'm like no it's bullshit I hate fucking blind eyes <laughs> items. I hate blind items with a passion. Demois has become the biggest thorn in my side. Like, if Demois actually vetted their shit, then I would like them. Or, like, be the cute little photos we saw so-and-so at this whatever, you know? But, like, the the bad, I call them low-budget rumors. Low-budget tea is what I call it. I'm like, don't, I don't fuck with the low-budget tea, Richie. Like, I just, everybody thinks they're a journalist and a producer now.
1: Zach. I can't wait to see you in New York. <laughs> <laughs> oh you know what I, I want to say something to that. You know, on my channel, I recap episodes of, you know, just a lot of shows. And yeah, when I recap the show, I have to um I I do take off the, you know, some the production hat yeah. a little bit because yeah. I I have to, in order for me to feel my most passionate, I have to be in it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I have to be in the story and wherever it's going. And that's going to mean that I'm not always a fan of Teresa's. Yeah. You know, and, and, and people, they roast me in the comments because they love them some Teresa. Yeah. And it, it boggles my mind sometimes because it's like, I don't get me wrong. Teresa's needed in Jersey, right? And she has a place in the history of Housewives. However, I don't, like when a cat, the cast is afraid of one person. Yeah. Uh, That's not an interesting show to me. So to see Margaret tell Teresa that she too is full of shit and then not even, this was to me, this was my favorite moment. Teresa is storming down the hill after Margaret. Margaret's back is still turned (laughs) because she knows She's not gonna do anything to her now. To me, that after having your hair pulled by Danielle at Teresa's request, now that is a boss move right there. And yeah. I, I just, you know, I'm 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 so in it, Zach. I am so in it. I'm loving Margaret this season She because she
0: really is. And I feel like Jackie tried to do that last season. Like she's tried to stand up to Teresa, but Teresa, oh, poor Jackie, yeah, she's <laughs> trying, but it's like you have a pit bull and a chihuahua and it's like when the chihuahua was barking at the pit bull, like it's just not like, you know, that it's not an even fight. So it's not very interesting. Whereas Margaret's just like, uh, uh-uh, I'm a bulldog and I'm gonna stand my ground and I don't give a shit what you think you're going to try to bring at me. <laughs> She belongs in a zoo.
1: (laughs) And you know what the thing about Margaret is? People are, they're afraid of Teresa, but they should be afraid of Margaret. Yeah. Because Margaret knows, I feel like Margaret knows everything in Jersey. Mm -hmm. If if there's any secret to be known, Margaret knows it. And if she doesn't know it, she knows somebody who does.
0: Mm -hmm. You don't want Margaret to be your enemy.
1: Mm -mm. But I will say this though. I don't, what happened to Jackie is something that I hate that happens to a lot of housewives. And I like Jackie is that when Jackie first came on the show, Jackie's strength is logic. Yeah. And when she first came on the show, she used her logic against Teresa and it was the most fascinating thing to watch. And I felt like, what happened with last season because Jackie definitely hit to te- Teresa came hard at her with the Evan rumor, but Jackie came, Jackie took a giant swing at her. And I think that because of that backlash, Jackie has now um, done what I see a lot. I think we see a lot of housewives do is they become ultra cognizant of what they say. They don't want to, you know, ruffle the feathers of a powerhouse player they just don't, they want, they they just kind of dim their own light. And I hate to see her doing that. Yeah. Which Margaret is not doing.
0: Cause you even see her At make all. some of these comments in like the confessionals about like the kids will go to therapy and they'll be fine. And everyone on Twitter's like, ah, and she does not
1: give a shit. She's like, I'm good. Like, <laughs> and I, I think that's what you need on a show. Like, yes. Like, like this on you a need reality people- show. Yes. You need people who and, and Margaret is smart enough that she's not going to she's not turning into a Brandy Glanville. Right. Okay. She 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 knows the limits, but she but she plays it well. And that's what I mean by the level of experience that someone in her age group has. I'm not calling her old, I'm calling her seasoned because yeah. she understands, mm-hmm. she gets it. And she's gotten it since she's gotten, she's since well, since she's been
0: on that show. Yeah, because she came out with like, yes, I've had an affair. Yes, I've been sued. Here are all my skeletons. There you go. And they used it against it, uh, her. They weaponized <laughs> it against her. They dragged her for it. And yet she just is like, there's nothing you can say that, you know, I put it all out there. Like, it's I'm good.
1: Can I ask your thoughts on this, though? If, If you were Jennifer, because I've thought about this a lot. I don't know why, but I have. If I were Jennifer and I felt as though Margaret knew about Bill's affair, I would have left Margaret alone a long time ago.
0: Yes. I don't think Jennifer knew that Margaret knew. I don't think I think Jennifer shelved it somewhere and tried to just get rid of it and didn't know that it was still being talked about. Or if she did, Mm -hmm. I don't think I don't know. That's a really good question.
1: I'm just because, you know, again, putting myself in the real life, uh, the real life of it all. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You know, if I'm filming this show and I'm Jennifer, that that they were. Where were they at? A wine tasting, a winery. They were sitting outside. Oh yeah. They were arguing, and Margaret said something about your husband in the pool house. Yes. At that moment, Zach, I would have said, she knows. I yeah, I would have picked up on it in
0: that moment. I forgot about that scene, and you're right.
1: I'm gonna leave you alone, lady.
0: But here's the thing that I think Jennifer did wrong when it was finally revealed on camera is I think Jennifer should have leaned into it instead of trying to like buckle and, you know, lose her composure. She should have leaned into it and been like, look, yeah, he had an affair and we worked through it and our marriage is stronger because of it. So like, what are you going to do? You're going to come after, you're going to say my marriage isn't great because my husband had an affair 10 years ago. Well, guess what? We're still together and I still love him very much and he still loves me very much. And everybody has issues in their marriage and people can choose to stay in a broken marriage or they can choose to leave a broken marriage. Margaret, you're somebody that left a marriage because it was broken. Our marriage wasn't broken and some other person was not going to come in and ruin the love that we have for each other. And if anything, we're showing our kids how powerful love can be you can overcome infidelity
1: you know I think she's on that path but you know what I like now is that she's not there yet mm. and that, that to me is yeah, what more compelling is making Jennifer more compelling is that she's we're, we're, what you're stating is an endpoint I feel like she'll get there but it's interesting to watch her try to figure out how to get there and what road to take and to see that bill is really a stumbling block to her getting there yeah do you think they'll stay together i honestly hope so i mean i i i am someone who when i watch these shows i i don't i have to be very honest with you zach i watch them and i want them to be fun yeah um I don't ever want to see, I don't even like when a scandal happens, to be very honest. I don't. Mostly because I feel like at the end of the day, when the lights are turned off and the cameras go, you know, these people still have to live their lives, right? And having done reality TV, I understand what that's like and what it feels like when everything stops, right? And it you're never the same. And so I, I would hope that they would stay together, but the questions that she's asking herself, and then the way he's responding, I don't like. Yeah, I agree.
0: What do you think about Caroline Manzo? Because we saw her last week with Dolores. They were having lunch together. They were filming a project together. It obviously wasn't Housewives, but do you think that there's an opportunity to bring back Caroline Manzo? And could she be a full-time housewife again?
1: with this group? Yes, I do. Actually, I do. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because what I, the thing I, the, the thing that's interesting about Carolyn Manzo is that she left at the appropriate time. She was a voice of reason and she was a tough voice of reason. She's a friend of Dolores's, you know, there's history there. And, she is a part of that legacy. Now, I don't know if she's <laughs> legacy Jersey as in legacy Real Housewives of New York, but I think that it would be interesting to me to see where that took her. I wanted Jacqueline to stay a little longer. Yeah. You know, when she came back, but I felt like house, I don't think fame is for Jacqueline.
0: Yeah. I think the show was challenging for her. And I know she wanted to leave a long time ago, um, but I think some people are built for it and some people aren't. And I just mm-hmm. think when it got too much, it, you know, she was she, she was too emotional to the point where the other women were able to use that against her and make her look crazy. And then obviously when you're editing a show, it's very easy to lean into that to give, you know, the characters. Well,
1: I have two questions for you then. Same for you about the Carolyn. Mm. And then why do you think that they've never gone with a Kim D? Um, I think
0: so, I'll start with Kim D. So I think with Kim D she was too thirsty and she didn't bring cuz like there has to be a level of of affluence there has to be something that people want to aspire to have from these housewives right whether it's their money or their fashion or you know their Marriage, like, there's just something that we want to have from that. I don't think there's anything anybody aspires from Kim D. I think Kim D is a potster. It's part of the reason they'll never bring back Gl- Brandy Glanville to Beverly Hills, even though she was great when she was on it. But they can't bring her back because she doesn't have the glitz and the glam of Beverly Hills. And she... Just you also with people like Brandy and with Kim D and with Danielle, you don't have to pay them full time because, you know, they're going to give you everything as it is that it's not even worth that investment.
1: You're right. You're right. I I guess the reason I asked was because I was just thinking about the Marlo of it all, you know, Mm. like she was someone who was very much kind of similar to i think what a kim d is Mm -hmm. not so much a brandy because i feel like brandy has a whole different set of problems um for beverly hills specifically Mm -hmm. maybe if she was in the oc okay i think i could i could work with that yeah but um i don't know i just i just kind of it just kind of hit me as i as we were talking about carolyn but i I now want to know what you think about carolyn
0: I would love to see her in like a friend of capacity, but I just I don't know if she would. I mean, I could see it. I know they asked her to be a friend of and she turned it down because she's like, you're not going to come in and like you're either going to give me a full time contract with a full salary or nothing at all. Um, So but I think it would be interesting to see Caroline come in. Because Teresa kind of thinks that she's the pillar of the show. And to be fair, they've made her the pillar of the show by making her the queen of Jersey. And they endorse that by allowing her to say that in her tagline. They enable that bad behavior that Teresa gives us. But I think if a Caroline came back, like, I don't think... Uh, Teresa scared of many people. But I think there's something about Caroline that intimidates Teresa that I want to see Teresa back in that role of like, you know, the ego has gotten shot down. I think Caroline would get along with Margaret or they would have some good sparring moments. I think she could be level headed and reasonable with Jackie um, and they can relate in that sense. I think Dolores has a history with Caroline. Teresa has a history that seeing them together would be compelling and interesting to watch so I mean I would actually really like to see Caroline come back just to see what we get from it because I think it would definitely shake up the dynamic and it would humble Teresa a little bit to the point where I don't even know if Teresa would come back I think Teresa wants her own show and she's like you know she even said she's like I'm not going to get married on Real Housewives of New Jersey I'll only get married if I get my own spinoff or I'll only get married on camera if I get my own spinoff
1: is she that interesting, though? Here's the reason why I ask. Mm. Because when I was watching Real Housewives' Ultimate Girls Trip, she faded into the background. Mm. And it was actually, to me, surprisingly, Melissa yeah. played, in in my mind, a, a bigger role on that show than Teresa, which I thought was... this. I was like, this is very interesting.
0: Yeah, I think it's because she... I mean, and I get it. She's been through so much and she's gone through so much drama on the show that I don't think she wants to intentionally. I think it's easier when you're the big dog and the the big fish in the small pond. Mm. Whereas in Jersey, I think she's the big fish in the small pond. But when it came to Ultimate Girl Strip, you had the best of every show coming on out there that were bringing their A game that she can very easily get lost in that. Um, I think she's her family is interesting. I think her relationship with Joe and Melissa is interesting. I think the girls have become a fascinating pillar within her life. I think her relationship is kind of that train wreck that we're waiting to watch. Like we see it coming and we're just waiting for it to crash like Luann and Tom that I think there's interest there.
1: What do you think of, what do you
0: think of him? Of Louis? I think he, is playing a part. I think they're both playing a part. I think it's a Luann and, and Tom situation all over again. I think they're they've really? gotten caught up. It's Kim and Chris Humphreys. You know they've gotten caught up in the story, in the fairy tale of it all. Um, I think the fact that so many people are speaking out against them and calling them creepy only motivates Teresa to prove them wrong even more because she wants this redemption story for her life, not on the show, but I just think in her life, she wants to be like, I found somebody good and I want to marry somebody good. So she's going to do everything she can to believe that this person is good despite all of the red flags that are popping up. I don't love Louie. I would want him to be her end game because I want her to like finally have some love
1: and peace, but I don't think that it's him. Yeah, I I just kind of felt like there are too many red flags. Uh, And it wasn't just the video for me. The video was like, hmm. when I first saw it, I was like, uh, okay. I mean, it's a little odd, but clearly he's at a camp for men who want to get back together with their girlfriends. That's how I took it, you know? But I think there are other things that have occurred. Him lying about it. You know, that was a red flag. You know, the moment that he said something about, how when he threatened to leave the event at Jennifer's uh the, the rental in uh at the shore because Teresa would not did not want him to speak and he threatened to leave and he said something about she's never going to learn if I don't teach her yeah that was a huge red flag to me i also think it was a
0: red flag when the way he spoke to Margaret in that moment Because he was very condescending to her. And he's like, what question do you want me to ask? And she's like, well, I mean, I don't really have a question. I just think you should address the video. And then he would like talk down to her like, you don't scare me or you don't intimidate me. And she's like, I'm not trying to scare or intimidate you. So I think he definitely, what it is with Louis, and I've seen this a lot, especially here in Los Angeles, is you know, we're now investing into men's mental and emotional health, which I think is great. And so these when I saw the video, and I heard about this retreat that he was on, I wasn't all that surprised by it because they're actually really common where these men go on these, you know, retreats. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of them can be very healthy, but I think there is a point where sometimes, because a lot of them are very much rooted in traditional roles of like what your, your role is as a man, you know, and as a man, you're, you're the provider for a woman and you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, but I think with Louie, I think there may have also been some, subliminal messaging that was given to them or maybe just something that he was raised with that he hasn't been able to shed that he's kind of convoluting with the message of what it means to be a man. But I think with him, he thinks that as a man, you're, you're, position or your role is to keep the woman in check. And I think that's why we see him speaking to women in this derogatory way sometimes. And I don't even know if he's fully aware or conscious of it. I think, you know, especially when it comes to being on a reality show and it comes to having fame, like it kind of convolutes what your reality is because, you know, you battle this internal compass of like staying true to yourself while also trying to prove the haters and the naysayers wrong. And I think Louie and Teresa are in this cycle of trying to prove everybody wrong and and not actually focusing on how much they love each other and want to build a future together and are even compatible with each other. And even if they're happy, you know, I think that's an afterthought rather than kissy kissy for the camera.
1: Mm. I don't know if I read this or if I'm totally making it up. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought I read somewhere that Tamra allegedly compared him to Brooks. I think I heard that too. And I just thought that was such an interesting comparison because the Brooks thing was, that was bad. Yeah. And I would almost wager to say that that was one of the that was part of the downfall of Vicky Gunvalson Gumbels, yeah. on, on 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 OC.
0: Maybe less of a Brooks and more of a Slade. <sighs> I think I could. Mm. I. I mean, I think that I understand, like where she is bringing that parallel in because in the sense that like it was dark it was um manipulative it played on vicky's emotions you know and i think there is an element of that with Teresa, but i think it's more like i don't know if he'd be willing to go as dark as brooks did well i you know you have to wonder if do you see them going all the way
1: I, I I do see them going at least partly how Tom and Luann went, unfortunately, because it's almost like at this point, you know, the way that Luann was with the Tom situation was this is my goal and you guys are trying to stop me from reaching my goal. Yeah. And I'm not going to let you do that. In fact, because you guys are coming at me so hard about all this, I'm really going to be focused on reaching my goal. And my goal is to be with this man. And so I think she's going to do it despite whatever red flags pop up.
0: I think they're going to get married. And I actually think they're going to go further than Luann and Tom did. Be- I hope so. Because I think one, there's like a, a subconscious insecurity of Teresa's of being like, I went to prison And I have this reality show and there's all this baggage that comes with me and there's my ex-husband and there's, you know, my family that's also on this reality show with me that like I have to find somebody that's willing to um, love me for all of these things. And Louis appears to be somebody that loves her because of or despite of all of those things. And I think that insecurity is definitely really prominent in her decision to stay in this relationship with Louie. And then I also think it's very much like with what you said about there's this goal and we have to make this goal work. And then the third reason I think they are going to stay together is because we saw how much she let Joe get away with Joe cheated on her. Joe did all these awful things to her. Um, and she swept it under the rug. She lied about it. She said she, Joe never cheated on her, even though Jacqueline's like, you called me and said that he was banging the secretary and you walked in while she was on the desk. Like, you know, I think there was so much she was willing to excuse with Joe because, you know, in a marriage and, and you know, especially when you're Italian, like you just, you sweep it under the rug. You don't talk about it. You just move on, you know?
1: hmm <sighs> It's the perfect storm. It's scary when you think about it because... You, it's going to be hard for her to date as long as she's on that show. So maybe this is the best option. We'll have to wait
0: and see how it all turns out and see if she gets that spinoff. I think Andy Cohen will give her her spinoff. I think the executives will give her a special, a Teresa special, and then they're going to piggyback it off of the next season. That way it can kind of tie together.
1: Now that... I would be okay with. I just have to say this. I don't know who is at the network doing the programming scheduling, but but I have some issues. Mm. Okay. And I just want to address it. Tell me. I know it's not a topic of conversation. What you said is key. Use your main show as a lead in for a Mm spinoff. Candy's show. You should have just waited until Atlanta came on. Mm -hmm. Use Atlanta as the lead-in for Candy Show. Mm -hmm. Karen's Show. Use Potomac as the lead-in for the spinoff. You see how well it worked for Vanderpump Rules when they used Beverly Hills as the Mm lead-in? That's how you program for the ultimate success of the spinoff.
0: I will say Karen's spinoff looks terrible. It does not look interesting to me at all.
1: It's out of left field yeah and for me, I feel like if there had if there was something in the season, yeah, that connected what is playing out on the spinoff, it would be much more intriguing. Because then we would have gotten these sprinkles of her family that were just now being introduced to a whole new set of people. You know, at least, again, and I use, you know, Vanderpump Rules as the perfect, the perfect, perfect introduction to a spinoff. Oh, Lisa Vanderpump, Brandy, I need you to film a scene with this girl that cheated on uh, your ex uh it with your ex uh can you do this for me and uh we're gonna put we're, that's how we're gonna start the spin off that's how you do it.
0: it it was even great when they did it with summer house and they did the crossover from vanderpump rules to summer house that was even great
1: the, see it's it's like this is who what's happening at, at bravo at the moment that I feel like they're not reading the tea leaves, yeah, fast enough,
0: yeah. Because you're right. Even with Candy's show, we also we already know about the restaurant. We've already met some of you know the people in her family. That it, it, there was already a peak of interest. That I think had they paired it with Real Housewives of Atlanta, it would have really taken off. Whereas like it's so random with Karen because it's like. I don't care to watch a show that's just about Karen and her family. And not in a bad way, but it's just like, why am I supposed to give me a reason to care other than it just being, we're going to play off of one of the housewives that happens to be popular on on a
1: housewife show, you know? And then you don't set it up for success. I mean, it's just the weirdest thing to me. I don't don't understand it. it. And it seems like oh, this is simple math to me. Like, that's this is what we do. We're going to do this Karen thing. Okay, great. We're going to hold off on it until the season and let some of this family stuff play out. Aha, and now the spinoff gives us the resolution. Do you think we would
0: ever get a Beverly Hills spinoff?
1: And if so, who? Before this season and and everything that we've heard, I would have said Kim, Kathy, Kyle. Mm. Um, I think that that would have provided a lot of good, interesting story. There would have been a lot of great extra people around them. The Faye Resnicks, maybe even um, a uh, um, um, Kardashian mom. You know what I'm saying? I think that we could have gotten that would have been a great story. But with everything that's happening with Beverly Hills now, I don't know who's in the best of place with Kathy. I can't tell.
0: Garcelle and Sutton are the only two I think are actually talking to her right now. But I think it's also because Garcelle and Sutton, and I like them, but I think with them, it's very much like... um, We're the outsiders. We're the Yes, we're the outsiders and like we know Kathy Hilton is royalty in Beverly Hills that we're going to try and make things nice so we can go to Craig's for her birthday dinner. You know, like they, they're like, I'm going to come around for that good, ca-. like caveat, Kathy has good caviar. And until Twitter cancels, Kathy, I'm going to enjoy the caviar. Because <laughs> I want to go to Craig's too. Yes.
1: But- <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Can I ask you a question? (laughs) Do you believe the things that are being put out there about Kathy, you know, either causing a stir behind the scenes at the house or, you know, saying some type of slur, you know, because Sutton has come out and said, no, nothing was said about her assistant. Like, what do you make of this? Like, it's, it's, and I, and I can I say this? Yeah, I knew that they were going to turn on Somebody was going to turn on Kathy. I said, oh, because y'all love her too much this season. Y'all love this woman so much. I said I, next season she's going to be in the hot seat.
0: Well, I think with Kathy, I always knew that this was never going to be a good season for Kathy, because especially since we first heard about her holding out for more money, I always knew the ego got to her and we're not going to. And that's why I always said, because everyone's like, give Kathy a diamond, give give Kathy a diamond. I was like, no, you're going to ruin Kathy if you give her a diamond. If Kathy gets in the mix, it's going to ruin her because the real Kathy is going to come out. And we can't ruin her because she's fun, hunky-dory Kathy to bring in a little comic relief within the show. Um... So I always knew that either the other women were going to turn on her or she was going to ruin her own reputation all on her own. She was going to do bad all by herself. And I think she does that early on when she comes back because she plays up the hunky-dory too much. She plays up the ditzy character, I think, a little too much to the point where the other women are like, oh, like, come on, we're over this already. Um, And so... I do know what happened in Aspen because I got firsthand information as it was happening in Aspen. Um, And it wasn't Sutton's assistant. That's again, the low budget tea you get on Twitter, Richie, don't be following that BS. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't Sutton's assistant. It was a DJ at a country club that she, um, I guess what it is is that she frequents this country club. She goes there all the time. Um, And so they went there that night. She went there with all the women. They uh, wrapped taping for the day. I think it was their last night in Aspen. So the producers and everyone just like went out for the night. So I think she was like, we're not there's no cameras. I'm not Mike. Like I can be a monster tonight. And so she went to the country club. They weren't giving her the preferential treatment that I think she's accustomed to, especially since she goes there often. I think they were just like, oh, the housewives are going to come in. They're probably going to be entitled. Or maybe it was a busy night. I don't really know. I just know she wasn't happy with the level of service that she was getting whether it was because she had an expectation of the service because she'd been there before or because it was an ego thing and she's like I'm now with the real house as of Beverly Hills like how are you ignoring us I don't know what exactly her motive was but I just knew the guard was probably down because cameras were down she got in a fight with the DJ because she wanted him to play Michael Jackson and he's like this isn't 1996 like we don't request songs anymore we also don't have a quarter machine like you know I have a Spotify playlist and I press my space bar like that's how this works now get with the times. And so she was upset. So I think it was under it was a comment that she made under her breath where she referred to him as the fag word and one of the other housewives heard it and they end up bringing it on camera later. Now, simultaneously and this is the piece that I think we're really going to get on the show, I don't think Bravo is going to lean into the slur at all or if they do, I think it'll be very much glossed over um just cuz I don't think they're ready for another big scandal like that. Nor do they want to kill Kathy's relationship or their relationship with Kathy, but. So then she starts to melt down because of, you know, what's happening at the club, the country club. And so she ends up leaving with Lisa Rinna. They go back to Kyle's cabin. And while they're there is when she continues to like spiral. She's yelling, she's throwing things, she's breaking things like literally unhinged, which is when we see her leave the comment on her husband Rick's Instagram account where she's like, get me out of here. Get me out of here. Yes. And it was because she was having this full on meltdown. And so from what I've heard, the women talk, about it, Sutton's talking about it. Lisa Rin is talking about it. All of from what they've witnessed of her tantruming at the country club, and then how it continued to exacerbate as the night went on. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see that they're all talking about it on camera, and that's kind of how the finale ends. Is like is with a lot of like that's the center of a lot of the drama towards the end of the season. But it's also interesting to know that she went on a whole press tour while she was promoting Paris and Love to be like, no, that's not true. I don't behave that way. Um so I'm curious to actually see the footage now. Well we know none of the meltdown or the slur were caught on camera or caught on mic but it'll be interesting to see how it plays out within the storyline of the show considering we have all of this footage of her saying i didn't do that that's not how i behave that's not how i operate that's not true and it's going to be interesting especially since after that after the women started talking about it on camera she stopped filming with all the other women which is another really big indicator. The only other person that I know that she filmed with was Kyle, her sister. Um, And then she happened to act or not accidentally, but she happened to also end up filming with Lisa Rinna where they address the meltdown. Um, But she like, she skipped every other cast event after that Aspen trip. So I think like, that's the, biggest indicator that like come on you ask for all this money to return and then you finally return and then things get hot and then you just stop filming with the rest of the cast like how does that make any sense
1: oh no kathy can i just say one thing as a dj i mean a former dj when guys when you make a request that is completely (laughs) out of left field michael jackson I think we was, are operating. I'm
0: trying to remember <laughs> what, what the song Billy Jean. I don't remember what you were, what I was
1: told you were. President. We're operating either on a genre spin or a BPM spin. Okay, and a BPM spin is how many beats per minute is in the song. So if a song has 70 beats per minute, the next closest thing we're going to go to is 72, 75, 80, 85. We'll go up like that or down. But we're not going to just play. Billy Jean or Thriller, and we're in the middle of a Megan The Stallion set. It's just not going to work. Yeah,
0: <laughs> because you've been to, but we've all been to parties, mostly weddings, where the DJ takes requests, and you're going from like 80s to like 2007 to WAP, and you're like, "What the hell just happened? <laughs> How?
1: No, it doesn't
0: work. It does not work." So I'm looking forward to Beverly Hills. There's a lot of drama that I've heard of. Um, just like good ha- cl- traditional old school housewives drama. You know, we get back to that. No puppy gate, no doggy gate, no ganging up on one person. Cause everyone's Ugh, like, oh, Beverly Hills is mean, mean girls. We're going to get a lot. But I think it's because as you and I have said previously in this episode, there are so many women that there's so much going on.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think that may be the key to what we talked about earlier in the episode is, you know, as we move into this new phase of Housewives, maybe it is having larger casts. I think that's the smart way to go. Cause when you this the thing is, seasons can
0: work on five cast members as they've worked in Jersey in the past. And even it worked with OC when you had like the Megan King Edmonds investigating Brooks. Like it's worked in the past, but it's because there has to be a really good, strong storyline that's kind of pushing it all forward. When you don't have that, then it really struggles.
1: I just thought about that, Megan King's. <laughs> That was a good season.
0: See, and they only that had five. That was a good season. They only had five. Oh my
1: god, I didn't even think about that.
0: Mm-hmm. Or you I'm ha- gonna
1: go back and rewatch that. Or now. you have
0: like a Jersey season two where it's only four women, but at least you have Danielle. That's kind of the pillar
1: that's driving everything forward. She seems so sinister that season. <laughs> it was just so mafia driven. i I can't. It, it was. It was everything. It was. We need to get back to those days. Bravo. We do (laughs) NBC. If
0: you're listening to this, oh, thank you so much, Richie, for chatting with me today. Do you want to pimp out your YouTube channel since you've always got that T? You're always talking about. I see you always talking about Wendy Williams lately. Poor Wendy.
1: Oh, I know, poor Wendy. I need her podcast ASAP. Okay, guys, so follow me on. Instagram at DJ Richie Sky, and then follow me on YouTube at DJ Richie Sky. And my personal YouTube channel is called Richie in Real Life, where we talk about travel, lifestyle, motivation, and YouTube success. I love that. I want more
0: YouTube success. Um, what would you say are your top three favorite unscripted shows at the moment?
1: At the moment? um Number one would be Young, Famous, and African. It, if you love Bling Empire, if you love Selling Sunset, if you love Selling Tampa, it's one of those great shows that just gives you culture and fabulous. it's just fabulosity to the max. Um, another favorite show is love and maritonsville it comes on own i love 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 that show i love carlos king who's produced for new new jersey Mm -hmm. atlanta a lot of other great shows he's he does that and jersey at the moment jersey Mm -hmm. to me is firing on all cylinders i'm obsessed i'm passionate every week i'm frustrated every week i'm mad every week and when i'm feeling like that i know that's when the show is amazing Mm-hmm. So those would be my top three. I mean, and now we're going to get to pick Margaret's
0: brain at City Winery in New York City on April 28th. I Are you ready? I am <laughs> <laughs> excited to, to have, I mean, I've interviewed, I've had a lot of them on my shows, but it's always been like virtually because like we're mm-hmm. in other states and then obviously, you know, Zoom has become the new go-to. Um, but like, I'm excited to actually have the marge in person i'm excited for all of us to get together because like we do we do each other's shows all the time but like this is the first time you're going to get us all off the internet and irl i can't wait i
1: may even exceed my two drink uh i have have a two drink limit Mm. okay i might just go to three that Mm. night i don't
0: know Mm. do you think margaret's gonna bring her coffee mate snickers creamer people were dragging her for that (laughs) but to me i was like where can i get that (laughs) Uh, the only thing i would drag her about that is the size because that's a lot of creamer to carry like they have travel sizes margaret like keep that one in the fridge and then just bring the little travel size like people carry their little tabasco everywhere like that's not that hard
1: no margaret said i am putting this in my fendi bag (laughs) (laughs) the big giant one." please tell her to bring it please tell her oh to my bring god it. yes i love it i love it thank you
0: guys for listening to hashtag no filter with zach peter that's me richie one more time what are your social handles so they can go and follow you
1: everything is at dj richie sky
0: and i just want to say thank you for having me thank you rich uh, thank you richie um i appreciate you coming on the show today I think we had a, a lot of fun chit-chatting and talking about our favorite housewives that we love to, to hit to watch and judge every week on Bravo. And I'm excited to be chatting with you and Jess from hot takes and deep dives and Tom from the dumpster dive podcast and Sarah from Andy's girls and Adam and Anthony Lario. It's going to be quite the show city winery, April 28th, go to SpillingTeaLive.com to get your tickets. We're going to have Margaret Joseph's with us there. It is going to be so much F-U-N, you guys. We are just going to bring the F-U-N to New York City. So get ready. Get your tickets to come hang out with all of us. Give Richie a follow at DJ Richie Sky. Go and subscribe to his YouTube channel. While you're there, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit that like button for this video if you're watching this on YouTube because we like to smash those like buttons. I'm pretty sure that's a, a lesson Richie teaches us on YouTube is to Absolutely. tell people to smash that like button. Um, and you can follow me at Just Plain Zach and get the new wine at uh, NoFilterWine.com. All right, guys, love you, mean it. Talk to you later. Bye.
1: Bye.